Good morning. It is great to see everybody. Welcome to Seacoast Church uh, this weekend. My name is Josh Surratt. If I haven't met you yet, uh, honored to serve as a lead pastor here, and we are glad that you are with us. I do want to say hey to those of you who are joining us online or at one of our campuses. Uh, we're so glad that you guys are with us as well. And man, we uh, just celebrated here at the Mount Pleasant campus, but I feel like we need to celebrate with all of our campuses. We had just an incredible Easter last week, and I know at Somerville they had uh, over 2,700 people worship at Somerville this past weekend. I know at many of our campuses we had attendance records. We had a lot of people saved. All told, we had over 35,000 people that worshiped with Seacoast last weekend, which is just amazing. Um, you talk about more than you can ask or imagine. We had 529 people across all of our campuses that gave their life to Christ, and we just celebrate that. And so at all of our campuses, let's just praise God for what he did last weekend. And I'm just believing that as we continue to lean into what he's doing, that those 500 will become thousands of people that's lives are gonna be forever changed as a result of uh, what we all get to be a part of here together at Seacoast. Uh, you know, at the same time last weekend that we were celebrating Easter here, uh, across the world in Sri Lanka, many of you may have seen, uh, they had just a, a really tough day. Uh, terrorist attacks, several hundred people that were, were killed in these terrorist attacks that specifically targeted Christians and the church. And uh, you know, it's easy to become a little desensitized to stuff like this because we see the news and we have these reports that come, it feels like all the time. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Sri Lanka hit home for us because as a church, we've invested in Sri Lanka for over 15 years. We've sent over 20 trips to Sri Lanka, these are people that we have a relationship with that we're connected to. And uh, we really felt like as a team, uh, even as we're in a new, new facility here and we've seen God do incredible things, we're beginning a series called Restoration. And we thought, you know what, we wanna start off uh, before we get into our own issues uh, with being a part of the restoration process in Sri Lanka. And so we wanna give everybody an opportunity to give towards that. And, and again, you, you may feel led to do that, you may not, but here's what's cool about being a church with the size that we are, is if everybody does a little bit, we can make a really big difference. And so I'm asking everybody to consider uh, giving 20 bucks. And I know for some people that would be a major sacrifice, for some people that would be easy to do, but, but would you consider giving 20 bucks or whatever you can? And what we did is we set up a text thread. So if you text the word restore to 320-320, the default setting will, will set it at 20 bucks. It'll, it'll, and all of that money is gonna go directly to our partners on the ground there who are committed to help rebuild churches and, and restore life to, to what's been taken away. If you'd rather give a different amount, you can text restore and then any amount after that. And again, all of that's gonna go directly there. But I just think it would be a really powerful thing for us to come together and be a part of the restoration of, of the church all the way across the world. And so uh, would you guys join me? I wanna pray for those who are hurting over there and then we'll jump into to our time together. God, we thank you that you are a God who restores. We thank you that you're a God who can take brokenness and pain and tragedy and death and you can turn it into resurrection and hope and life. And so we just pray, Lord, for our friends in Sri Lanka right now, Lord, that are struggling, that are even gathering today in churches and all of the, the anxiety that might go with that or the fear that might go with that. And we just pray that your perfect love would cast out fear, that you would bring comfort to those who are brokenhearted and God, that you would restore and that the church in Sri Lanka, the gospel in Sri Lanka will go forth and just multiplication uh, as a result of what the enemy meant for evil, you will turn it for good and we thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, like I said, we're starting a new series called Restoration 
And uh, I need to ask a question. How many of you are fans of Chip and Joanna Gaines? Just show of hands. How many big fans? Okay, almost everybody. I mean, it's like Jesus might not be that popular, but Chip and Joanna Gaines, is, they're popular. And, and I know in our own home, when they kind of put their line in target, it affected me in a bad way in terms of our finances. But, but they're probably most famous for the TV show that they were part of called Fixer Upper, right? And it's so much fun to watch uh, what, what most people would say is a, a home that's got no value, it's dilapidated, it's run down, uh, it's, nobody wants it. They come in with a little bit of vision, bring some resources to the table, and it turns into something beautiful, something that everybody wants. And I think it's ins- inspirational. I think it's part of why these shows are so popular. We love to see furniture or an old car or an old home. We love to see it be restored into something beautiful. And what I would suggest to you today and kind of the basis of our series is that God loves that too. I don't know how concerned he is about cars or you know, homes, but, but that's what he loves to do with us, with our own lives and our own brokenness. He loves to restore people. He loves to restore families. He loves to restore relationships. And so we're gonna jump into that topic. The reality is every one of us have dealt with issues in our past that have brought about Brokenness. In fact, how many of you would say there's at least one area in your life that, that you would qualify as a fixer-upper? It needs a little bit of attention. Anybody? Okay, yeah, most of us here, I know they're raising hands in Greenville and Conway, but, but we all have issues, right? We all have areas that God needs to restore and to bring healing and hope to. And, and, and as a way to kind of set the foundation and set the table for the conversation that we're gonna have, uh, our, our video team put together a short film that kind of follows a, a journey of a family who's definitely got their own fixer-upper types of situations going on. And what I'll tell you about that uh, and tell you those at the campuses, it's a little heavy. Um, uh, We touch on some issues like drug addiction, depression. And and if we're gonna have this conversation about restoration, we can kind of do it up on the surface or we can tackle the issues that many of our families are dealing with today. And we thought, you know, we wanna dig into the real issues. And so it's done in good taste, but it definitely uh, is, is a little bit heavy. So with that warning, um, if, if you need to use our Kids Coast facilities, you're welcome to do that. But, but let's take a few moments, sit back and, and take a look at this film that our team has put together. Thank you. 
is pretty hazardous. Is pot roast still your favorite dinner? Mom's home? Oh, yeah. And scalloped potatoes. Are those good, too? Derek's not going to be here, right? He moved out. Honey, your brother flew in a few hours ago for you. I do know that chocolate cake is still a winner. Remember, it was your cousin's party at the Swiner Susie? Are you sure they even want to see me? Of course they do. We all get to be family again.
your emergency contact? My dad. How's she doing? Still incoherent. Won't give me real names. Hey. Pam. 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 Hey. You know you're not supposed to be alone, right? I'm sorry. I didn't know anybody was going to be there. Dad didn't say anything about it in the car. That's Dad. Always wanted to make you happy and never knowing how. You have no idea how much they talk about you. When Dad got your call yesterday, he was happier than when I got my master's. I didn't know. Congrats, Derek. Shut up. Let's go inside and get through this. So what'd you get your master's in? Master's of science, data processing, data processing technology, with a focus on information resources design. It's okay, I don't think dad understands what I do either. All it means is I make a mean spreadsheet. Are you ready? I'm sorry, Muriel. It's my fault. She reached out. She needs us to be supportive. Supportive? You really think you're being supportive right now? Honey, I just... What do you want me to say? No, I don't know. But there's something deeply wrong with her, and it just keeps getting worse. She doesn't care about us, all right? She left, she ran away. She couldn't even stay here for a few minutes. She does not want to be here. I do. I want to be here with you. How do you expect me to believe that? How? You're always trying to escape with the drugs and the... I don't understand all the pain that you choose to put yourself through, but you put us through so much pain too. I was always scared before you left because I never knew what you were gonna do next. And then you were gone. And that was worse somehow because I didn't know if you were alive or... And now you're back. Honestly, I don't think things are going to be any different.
Do you think people can change? Of course I do. I mean, every day people change just a little bit. I mean, I'm not who I was when I was 20. We make decisions every day and life throws us curveballs sometimes. I know, honey. You're just sick. And one day, you're going to get better. <laughs> hey, just know that I love you, no matter how sick you are. And your mother and your brother do, too. They just have a hard time showing it. They get scared. <laughs> Honestly, I get scared too. I get scared to think that you might leave us forever. That's why I came and picked you up and brought you home. That's why I wanted to celebrate. Because you get a second chance. Hello. I'm Mr. Fox. I wanted you to know. That I missed you. I missed you too. But his name is not Mr. Fox. Yeah, you always gave him such weird names. What was it? I don't remember. Sir Fluffy Pants? <laughs> no, that was the bear. Oh, it was Reginald. No, that was your toy. Little Whiskers. some people here um, in this room and watching online with us that probably haven't experienced their full restoration. And that's okay. We want you to know that it's okay to still be in the not yet. But God isn't going to leave you there. We have our greatest hope in our restoration in Jesus.
He makes beautiful things. You know, I so believe that that is God's heart towards each and every one of us, that whatever area of brokenness that we're facing, wherever we're at, that God wants to make something beautiful out of it. And, uh, you know, I don't know what your issues are, I don't know where your brokenness is, but chances are everyone in this room can relate to some aspect of that film, some area of brokenness in our lives. And I believe that if we'll allow him to, he will work out a restoration process in us. But, uh, you know, we all want to put the family back together and restore relationships, and we're gonna talk about that uh, next week during this series. But before we get there, I think step one is that we really look at our, our own lives. And we, I believe what God wants to do during our time together, a little bit of time that we have left today, is he wants to restore our identity not based on the labels that maybe we've picked up over time or that people have given us, but on his thoughts about us. If you think about labels, we all have them. If you think about that film, I mean, you could very quickly in, in a short film pick up on labels. Pam, right, she would be a drug addict, a disappointment, a failure. These are thoughts that she would deal with. You've got the mom who clearly there's a woundedness and hurt, anger, bitter, You've got a dad who is obliviously optimistic. He wants to help but doesn't really know how, feels probably powerless in a lot of ways. You've got a brother who is maybe an achiever. He's finding his value in what he's got done. I, you, know, you can kind of guess what some of those labels would be, but, but the enemy loves to give us labels. We love to label each other. And I'll tell you why he loves to do it, because if we'll take on a label, it's usually gonna be our worst moment or the worst aspect of us, and if, if we'll be, begin to believe that that label defines us, we'll begin to live as if it was true. And so what I want us to do for just a couple of minutes is I want us to allow God to restore our identity to the words that he says over us, because for every negative label that you have, God has a better thought about you. I was thinking about my own life, and uh, I, I found a few weeks ago my report card from my junior year in high school. I was cleaning out my garage, and and I began to read through some of the comments that my teacher said about me, and, and I was reminded of a label that I lived under for a long time, and that label was underachiever. Underachiever. They would say, Josh is smart, uh, I love Josh, he's great with people, but, but if, he, if he ever learns to apply himself, he'll actually be successful. But he doesn't do that. And so in my own mind, I began to think, well, that just must describe who I am. And, and I was gonna bring a picture of that report card to you, but I showed it to my wife, when I found it, and she looked through the report card and the grades, and she said, don't ever show this to our kids. I don't want them ever to see this. And so, I don't know what she did with it, but I couldn't find it. But, uh, but you know, so underachiever, I began to think maybe that's just what I'm gonna be in life. And what, what I want you to do is pull out your outline sheet, and there's a blank at the very top of your note sheet, and it just says blank the blank. And if you'll put your first name in the first blank, and you're not turning this into me, this isn't something, it's, it's really all for you. And I wanna ask you, what is a negative label that has followed you in your life? What's a negative label that maybe you have spoken over yourself? It could be anything from addict to doormat, maybe you're the kind of person that everybody just kinda takes advantage of, or party guy, party girl, lazy, workaholic. What's a negative label that's followed you in your journey? And I believe if we'll give God an opportunity to do it, he's gonna replace those labels and he's gonna restore our identity to what he thinks about us. 
You know, the, the problem is um, a lot of those negative labels are there because they're true, right? I mean, if we're just being honest, they're, they're, they're descriptive of how we've lived our lives up to this point. But here's what I believe. I believe that God's truth about you is, is more powerful than any other truth about you, any other truth that you've come up against. And I believe that with God's power through Christ, what may be true of you today doesn't have to be true of you tomorrow. That we can exchange our identity for the one that he has over us. So think about that negative label, and I want you to think about it through the lens of God's power. That God's power is greater than anything from your past. And, and here's a passage that I really want you to filter it through. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, so any, anyone, it doesn't matter what your past is, what your issues are, but anyone who belongs to Christ, who's given your life to Christ, has become, will you say this next part with me? A new person. Anyone who is, belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. That's God's truth over us, any one of us. Is, is made brand new. We've got a new label. So, so, so what do we do with that? Let me give you three thoughts that I believe are gonna set you free from the labels that have held you down. They're gonna restore your identity to the way that God sees you. And the first one, if you're taking notes, is this. God gives me a new name. God gives me a new name. Look at Isaiah 62, verse two. I love this verse. It says, and you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. In other words, the very mouth that spoke the world into existence, the very mouth that, that created all that we see today has spoken a new name over you. Isn't that encouraging? He's, he's given you a new name. And, and God does this all throughout scripture. I don't have time to, to really dig deep into to any of them, but, but if you think about Abram and Sarai, the name of a couple and, and, and the label that had followed them in their life was childless, infertile. It was a, a struggle that they had dealt with for decades. It's what if they had close friends that knew about them, that would be one of the first thoughts that they would think about when it came to this couple. And God looked at them and he said, you know what? I'm gonna give you a new name. You're gonna be the father and mother of, of many generations. You're gonna have more ancestors than there are stars in the sky and so your new name is Abraham and Sarah, which means father and mother of many generations. And they began to live out a new story because God's words over you are powerful. God's words over you can change your life. Another one is in Judges chapter six, and it was a guy named Gideon. And Gideon's issue, his label would be Gideon the coward. Gideon who is fearful. Gideon, who is a, literally a scaredy cat, right? I mean, we find Gideon, he's hiding out in a cave in the middle of a war where men should be standing up and fighting. He's hiding out, hoping that nobody will see him and nobody will call his name. And God shows up to him in the form of an angel, shows up into this cave, and the first thing that he says is, Gideon, mighty warrior, which incidentally, that's what God calls me as well in my quiet times, I don't know about you, but... Uh, says, mighty warrior, you, you are a man of courage. You're a mighty man of valor. And he gives him a new name, and Gideon goes on to become one of the strongest and most courageous leaders of Israel's history. God loves to give us a new name. So many of you have been held back by something from your past, and today is a day that God is going to give you a new name. 
a new label. What you've labeled, what you've been labeled by in the past will no longer be true of you. I've seen this in my own life. I remember when I was uh, recently saved, I, I was 17 years old when I gave my life to Christ, and growing up as a preacher's kid, a lot of my friends would always ask me, hey, you gonna be a pastor like your dad? It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. And so I, I moved out of my house at 17 years old, and I ran far and fast away from anything that, I, that, that had to do with God or the church or any of that. And I got saved at 17, and three years later, I came on staff at the church as an intern. Now, I was very happy with that title, intern. That described me. I'm here to learn. I'm here to grow. Uh, I'm not very far from party Josh. I'm, I'm kind of new Christian Josh. I'm intern Josh. And one of the students came up to me at one of the first events that I was at and said, hey, Pastor Josh, and then asked me a question. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not a pastor. Uh, you know, let's get a pastor to talk to you about. I am not a pastor. Again, new Christian, yes. Intern, yes, not a pastor. And, and one of my supervisors at the time, Naeem Fazel, I remember him coming to me and saying, Josh, because anytime that would happen, I'd be like, no, 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 not a pastor, not a pastor. Just wanna make sure you know, not a pastor. And he said, Josh, you are a pastor. We may not have given you that title yet, but that is God's word over your life. And you may not feel like a pastor. You may still know all of your faults, but God's gonna grow you into that new name. And I just wanna encourage some of you today, God has given you a new name and you may not feel like that name yet. You may not feel like that describes you yet, but God's gonna grow you into that new name. For some of you, the name is forgiven. God's name for you is forgiven. And you say, well, Josh, I don't feel forgiven. <laughs> you know, I, I still know the struggles that I have. I still know the, the propensity towards sin that I have. And I would say, that's okay. God is gonna grow you into that name, but when he sees you, he doesn't see that stuff. If you're in Christ, all he sees is the, the finished work of Jesus over your life. And he sees you as a forgiven son or daughter, and he doesn't want you living your life striving to get that forgiveness. He wants you to live your life out of the place of being forgiven and knowing that that is your identity. It lives differently. It really does. Some of you, the word over your life is overcomer. And you say, well, Josh, I don't feel like an overcomer. I still feel stuck. God's gonna grow you into that name, and you are going to be an overcomer. For many of us, the word over us is spiritual leader. Gosh, I can't tell you how much I hated that word, uh, especially as a, a young husband. It's like this expectation, you gotta be a spiritual leader of your home, and I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I know I've already failed. About eight o'clock every morning, I've failed that one. And you guys are worse than I have. You fail it by about 7.30, okay? Let's just be honest. And so I didn't like that label. I was like, ah, that feels like too much pressure. But you know what, you may not feel like a spiritual leader, but God has called you a spiritual leader. If you're a follower of Christ, he is, he's gonna use some of your brokenness, and you may not feel like you're arrived yet, but you're gonna be one step ahead of somebody else, and you're gonna lead them, and you're gonna be part of their restoration process. For some of us, it's gonna be leaders as custom uh, in, in our student ministry. You're gonna be leaders at camp, or you're gonna be Kids Coast leaders, or you're gonna be small group leaders, and you're like, Josh, you don't know me, I'm not a leader. You know what, God has given you a new name and you are going to lead, and you may not feel like it, but God's gonna grow you into that name. So God has given us a new name. Second thought for us, God has given me a new purpose. He's given me a new purpose. There are all kinds of examples, again, of this in the Bible, but Simon comes to mind for me. If you guys remember Simon, uh, the label that would be spoken over Simon's life was undependable, uh, inconsistent, hot-tempered, 
These would be labels that would follow him. And Jesus, when he saw Simon, he came to him and he said, Simon, you're a fisherman. That's what he did for a living. But he said, I'm gonna give you a new purpose. You're gonna become a fisher of men. In other words, you're gonna be an evangelist. You're gonna be a world changer. I imagine Simon was like, okay, that sounds good. Let's do it. And so he begins to follow Jesus. And if you know his story, it was very up and down. And he continued to struggle with some of those same tendencies that he had prior to meeting Jesus, but there comes a moment where he's walking with Jesus and Jesus says, hey, Simon, who do people say that I am? And Simon goes, well, you know, Jesus, it's all over the map, really. Some people think that you're a prophet and some people think that you're Elijah. You know, there's John the Baptist, you know, all kinds of things. And he said, well, who do you say that I am? And Simon says, I know who you are. You're the son of God. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ. And Jesus looks at him, and here's what he says in Matthew 16. He says, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn any of this uh, from any human being. And then he says to him, now I say that you are Peter. He changes his name. Now I say that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I'm gonna build my church, and the gates of hell aren't gonna conquer it. The gates of hell don't stand any chance against it because I've given you a new purpose. Now, some of you know this story. Those of you that don't know the story, the question would be, does Peter immediately begin to live into all of those things? No, he continues to struggle. He continues to, 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 to grow into that name. In fact, he denies Jesus three times at a point where Jesus needs him most. He, he loses his temper and cuts off a guy's ear and kind of fights as, as they're trying to arrest Jesus and he continues to struggle but after the resurrection, Jesus restores him. And Jesus says, go do what I called you to do. Go live out the purpose that I've called you to. And in Acts chapter two, the great moment of beginning of the church that we continue to be a part of today, guess who God chooses as the guest speaker? Peter, Simon. He begins to live out a new purpose. And 3,000 people commit their life to Christ on that day. And he begins to live out a new identity. In fact, Peter ends up at the end of his life uh, he dies a martyr's death and they wanted to crucify him. And, and Peter said, no, I'm not gonna die the same way that my savior died. Do it, do it upside down. And so they hung him upside down and that's how he died. You know, Peter wasn't born a rock, but he died a rock. He grew into his purpose. So, so God has given you a new name. He's given you a new purpose. A quick thought about that, just as a word of encouragement. For some of you, it's gonna be in the area of your greatest brokenness right now and your greatest weakness that God is gonna bring about strength and he's gonna bring purpose out of even your pain if you'll allow him to. And so some of you are walking through something right now and, and you desperately need God to restore and he's, he's doing that even as we speak but he's also gonna use you and he's gonna bring great strength out of your pain. And, and so, so the third thought for us, God gives me a new name, he gives me a new purpose and he gives me a new future. He gives me a new future. Through the power of Christ, our God is gonna give you a new future. I know so many people who are pessimistic about their future. If you even catch yourself in your own thoughts, how often are we thinking pessimistic thoughts about our future? I don't know if I'm ever gonna be successful. I don't know if I'm ever gonna get married. I'm 28 years old or I'm 33 years old and uh, you know, always the, the bride, never the bridesmaid, right? Or, or maybe you are married and you're like, I don't know if this is ever gonna be good. I don't know if he's ever gonna get his act together. We think these thoughts over our kids or over our finances, I guess I'll probably always be in debt. 
We have such a pessimistic attitude about our future. But I wanna encourage you, don't insult God with faithlessness about your future. You know what he says about your future? Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's thoughts about your future are good. God's thoughts about your future are hopeful. And so, so he wants to restore an identity to us and he wants to restore hope to our future. So maybe you have been labeled or you felt like you're always gonna be this or always gonna be that. And I just wanna encourage you, God is gonna bring a, a, an incredible future out of your pain. Some of you wonder, am I always going to be addicted? Let me answer that for you. No, you're not. God's gonna help you overcome that addiction. He's gonna give you a new name of freedom and you're gonna help other people get free as well. Some of you are gonna get involved in Celebrate Recovery and you're gonna become leaders and you're gonna help other people through because God has given you a new name, a new purpose, and a new future. Some of you wonder, am I always gonna struggle financially? Am I always gonna be in debt? No, you're not. God's gonna give you a passion uh, about wise financial stewardship principles and you're gonna fall in love with it and you're gonna get Dave Ramsey's tattoo right here on your arm and you're gonna get debt free and then you're gonna help other people get debt free because God's gonna restore you to his thoughts about you and he's gonna give you a purpose and he's gonna give you a future. You know, I'm still growing into my name. There's no question about that. But I'll tell you what, that, that thought and that, when I looked at that report card and thought, man, underachiever, I don't carry that label anymore. And it's not by my own strength, but God has used me to do more than I ever thought that he would because God's plans for us are so much bigger than ours for ourselves. And Lord knows that I'm still growing into my, my name and I'm still growing into the, the father that I wanna be. I'm still growing into the, the husband that I wanna be. But God has given me a new name and he's given me a new purpose and a new future. Man, I think about Rahab. You know, just saying her name, if you've been around church very long, you know that Rahab had the label of prostitute. Good for one thing. I'm sure she wondered if she'd ever be loved, if she'd ever get out of the pit of, of her lifestyle. But she began to hear about this God that we're talking about today. The Bible says that her heart melted when she heard about him. And she surrendered her life to him. And not only did she become a, a, a woman that God used to save Israel, to help them enter into and occupy the promised land that, that he had for them. But ultimately, she did get married. She did find a husband that would love her. She did have kids and grandkids, and they had grandkids. And ultimately, we now know Rahab as the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus because God restored her future that was much different than her past. So what label are you carrying today? What label are you carrying today? The last blank on the outline sheet, she says, I am blank. I am blank. I want you to think about that first label that you wrote down or thought about. And I just wanna encourage you, God has a better thought than that. God has a better name for that. So if you wrote down addict, I want you to write down, I am free. I am set free. If you wrote down, I am sick, I want you to write down, I am restored. I'm a failure, no you're not. God has plans to prosper you and to give you a future. So I want you to think about that and even as we respond together here and at our campuses and I want you to think about what, what's God's name for me? For some of us it's just son or daughter of his. 
Some of you may feel like, man, I'd love to live out this restored identity and restored purpose, but I feel like I can't do that on my own. And you're right. You're right. Anyone who is in Christ, the X factor is that Jesus will, will, will change that for us. That we become a new person and we can begin to live out of his strength and not our own. And man, does he ever love to turn our weaknesses into his strengths. The Bible says God's power is made perfect in our weaknesses. So God gives you a new name, a new purpose, and a new future. My prayer for us is that God would restore our identities, that we would live out of a confidence of who we are in him and not who others have called us. Would you pray with me as we close? God, we thank you that you are a God of restoration. We thank you that you are a God who has renamed, restored, given us purpose, and given us life. You know, as we pray here and at the campuses, if you're here today and you would just say there is a label that you need, that's probably held you back, it's kept you in bondage of some way or another, and you say, today I wanna live out of the new identity, a restored identity that Jesus has over me, would you just raise your hand? I'm gonna ask you to come up front or anything, but would you raise your hand if you'd say, hey, I wanna live out of a new identity. I wanna live out of an identity of what God says over me. Okay, lots of hands, there should be a lot more. I know I do. Uh, You'd say, I I wanna live out of that. I wanna break the bondage of, of the labels of my past. Okay, that's awesome, here and at the campuses. God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would break those bonds. God, we refuse to believe the lies that the enemy has spoken over us. We refuse to live under that any longer. God, today, would you restore us to the place and position that you have us. Restore us to the purpose that you have us. Give us a new name. Some of us walked in here feeling like a failure. We're gonna walk out of here with our heads held high, not in our own strength, but in the fact that our God has restored us to a place of honor, to a place of sonship or daughtership. God, I thank you for giving us a new name. For those of us that are here today, and maybe you're gonna make that decision today to give your life to Christ. You say, I can't do this in my own power, and I say, I know you can't, I can't either. For that, if that's you today, I just encourage you in your own way to just pray, God, I repent of my sins. I wanna receive forgiveness. I wanna receive restoration. God, I wanna become a son or a daughter of yours. And your father lovingly and open-heartedly receives you in. And he wants to restore you to a new purpose and a new plan. God, we thank you for what you're doing. Would your kingdom come and your will be done in Jesus' name, amen.